Howdy, folks. This is the Words of Truth from the Scriptures podcast. This is our special episode for the month of December. We're going to be talking about racism. I am Brian Yeager, and I have with me a guest, one of the members of the congregation here in El Paso. You've heard from him uh, before. He is Bill Ard, and just right from the jump, we're talking about racism. I'm a white guy. He's a black guy. And this podcast came about because back in August, uh, Bill had a conversation with a fella in the state of Arkansas, and I was going to join that discussion. And one of the questions that the man had was, is this a white preacher? And that kind of got the idea. You know, when Bill told me that, I said, you know what, man, we ought to do a podcast on racism. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Bill and let him pick up from there. Okay. Yeah. So that, that question kind of kind of stumped me. Uh, him asking if the preacher was a, a white guy or a black guy. And I didn't go into discussion with him on that at all, but it just it just took me aback. And and so I had uh this has happened to me before too, uh, back in Mississippi where I won't call any names or mention any congregations of that matter, but uh there was a, a elder at a congregation that I was worshiping with in, in back in Mississippi. And uh, he told me a story about how he came to town and he was looking for congregations and he called one of the congregations up and the preacher that he was talking to uh, kind of recognized his, not recognized his voice, but can tell from his voice that he was a white guy and told him that uh, I, I can tell by your voice that th this might not be the right place for you. So it might be better if you called one of the other congregations in town and that folks is just a wrong attitude to have. We're, we're first of all, we're supposed to be racism is not supposed to even be a thing in the body of Christ. We're supposed to be the same. And what I mean by the same is we're supposed to be like minded and we're supposed to speak the same things. Yeah. First Corinthians one ten. First Corinthians one ten, right? And I'll go ahead and read that. And it says, now I beseech you brethren by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing and that there'll be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And, wow. We're supposed to speak the same things man. be like minded. Yeah. You know, racism in itself back in, in Genesis chapter five, uh, the first two verses says, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them, blessed them, called their name Adam, in the day when they were created. It does not matter what color your skin is, what culture you come from, or what language you speak. We all began with Adam and Eve. Now, there was a time where Man thought, I can build a tower and make it all the way to heaven in Genesis chapter 11. And in Genesis chapter 11, God took man and scattered them upon the face of the earth and confounded their language because being one language, they could do anything they put their minds to. Uh, a lot that could be said about that. But the point being, that's when man got divided over the earth. That's when things like uh, skin tone and things of that nature changed. If you were in a desert climate, of course, your skin tone is going to be different than if you lived in Iceland. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to be pale or dark. Uh, people who have been, quote unquote, kissed by the sun, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but we're after created after the image of God. In James 3, 9 and 10, talking about the tongue in the context, 
Therefore, bless we God, even the Father, and therefore curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and curse. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Just racism in general. It's ignorant, man. Mm-hmm. It is. And it, it, it's division. It's division. And the, the body of Christ is not supposed to be divided. Now, you know, I, I can understand where this comes from, especially in the United States, uh, when you talk about American history and the, uh, uh, I guess, the racism against black people or whoever, however you want to put it. And so, like, the churches in that era, it wasn't even supposed to be a part of the body then. And the, and the, and the, and the, and the preachers and whoever the leaders were amongst those congregations at that time, they were wrong. They were wrong. And the scriptures talk about persecution. And persecution, that's a persecution. If you were going to be harmed or killed because you're white, because you were associating with black people, that's a persecution. Those things are going to happen. That wasn't specifically stated in the Bible, but it's a persecution. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Shouldn't the white guy in 1950 be willing to suffer persecution because he has fellowship with the black guy and vice versa? Of course. Yes, indeed. I mean, we ought to be willing to lay down our lives for the brethren. Mm-hmm. Hey, but not if he's white or not if he's black right. or whatever the race may be. You know, this stems from a carnal mindset. In 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you are not able to bear it, neither you not, neither yet not are you able for you are yet carnal, for as there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Mm-hmm. Are you not carnal and walk as men? Whether it's division over doctrine, division over race, culture, whatever it is, division is carnal. Right. And because of such, Romans 8, 5 through 8, says, They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of the God. Now there indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Exactly. And it's specifically from that passage, Romans 8, 4 through 8. You're not being obedient to God if you're carnal, if you're carnal minded. This is just clear. I don't understand how we can come about this uh, thing of racism and and not even on the level of in the 1950s and however far back it went backwards or forward. Uh, it still exists in the church today when you talk about black churches versus white churches and I'm more comfortable here than there and putting it all under uh, your culture and and going behind and talking about things that society brings forth in regards to the matter of racism. <laughs> Christians aren't, aren't supposed to be this way. We're not supposed to be focusing on those things. We're supposed to be focusing on our brethren and our eternity in heaven. And none of those things ought to matter. Brother, I, I was a member of a <clears throat> apostate group of people in Springfield, Ohio mm-hmm. uh, in the 1990s. Uh, like 1991 and forward for for some years and in that city we we drove Katrina and I and uh, my family before that before I was married we drove probably 
15, 20 minutes. And for us here in El Paso, 15 to 20 minutes is nothing, right? Like mm. when you say you drive 15 to 20 minutes. You're still in the same city. You can drive 30 minutes. You and could drive an hour and, and still, still be in El Paso. Paso. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. But for that city, that was that was quite a drive. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's it's funny now. Like I'm talking like that, and I'm like, man, it takes me 15 minutes to get out the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but uh, looking back on that day, anyway, I was there for I don't know, maybe 10 years. I don't know, nine years. I don't know, somewhere in that framework. It wasn't till years later. I didn't even live in that city anymore. Then I found out that there was another congregation in town. I didn't know it existed. Then I thought, it must be a new congregation. Lo and behold, it wasn't new. It had been there long before us. Can you guess what kind of congregation it was? A a black congregation. Yep. Now, the congregation I was in had a couple of of members that were of different races. Mm Mm-hmm. But the congregation there uh, was just black. It's just a, a black church Christ Com- and a completely different directory, all these other types of things. I didn't even know they existed. Mm-hmm. What's that tell you? It tells me a lot of things, man. Just wrong. Like, like, how could you not know in the same town that another congregation exists? And as, far, as far as I know, they both teach the same things. They're both apostate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and and that's it's, it's how it is in the in the town that I come from. I, I grew up in a small town of Moss Point, Mississippi, and that small town has other neighboring towns around it. Within one town being, I mean, minutes like connected directly to it in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Then the next town over is Ocean Springs, Gauche, and Biloxi, and so all of these towns have at least one congregation in them. At least one. And within those various minutes within each other. And now looking back, why? Like when you look at the scriptures, you have the church in Corinth or the church in Galatia, the church in Philippi. And so on and so on. Now there were churches of Galatia because Galatia was an area. It was an area. Churches. Yeah, it wasn't in a city, right? But yeah, okay. but Thessalonica, Ephesus, Colossae. Mm-hmm. So for one one congregation yep. in the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, man, it just baffles my mind to why can't brethren in a in a in, in one area that's significantly close together just be one body of brethren. How about how about how about this? Um, if you're listening to this podcast, we just come at this raw, mm-hmm. right? I don't mm-hmm. know what you're gonna say. You don't know what I'm gonna say. Right. I don't know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, how about we talk about this in general, uh, and then we'll come back and talk about it among churches, quote unquote, among churches uh, in general. We live in El Paso, Texas. What's the predominant race here? Uh, Hispanic, Mexican. Yep. About eighty-six percent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So. When we're coming at this, we live in a community where we're both the minority. Both the minority. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we live in a unique situation. If you're not familiar with some of the history of race in El Paso, you may you may or may not know this. Are you familiar with uh, Don Haskins? A little bit. Basketball coach. Ba- yeah. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was called Texas Western University. Mm-hmm. 1965, 1966, they won the NCAA championship against Kentucky. Right. 
Do you know the significance historically, racially about it? Is that, uh, was it uh, Rupp, the coach? Rupp was the coach uh, of Kentucky, if I remember correctly. But Texas Western, which is now UTEP, UTEP mm-hmm. uh, fielded the first starting five black lineup. Right, okay. Yeah, yep. sure. Mm-hmm. And won the NCAA championship title against Don Haskins, all, white guy. All white squad. Yeah, b- mm-hmm. yeah b- comes in, starts five black guys. Mm-hmm. It was history, right? Mm-hmm. And that the movie Glory Road, right, is, yep. is based on that, based and, it, on and it's kind of funny because, you know, when you're watching that movie after living in El Paso, I've lived now in El Paso longer than I've lived anywhere else. Uh, so, I, I mean, I've lived in multiple places in Ohio, multiple cities in Pennsylvania, lived in Kansas, but I've lived here now longer than anywhere else. I've experienced racism in the world. I'm, I'm not even talking about the church. In various ways. I grew up in a black neighborhood, housing project, Steubenville, Ohio, uh, where I was the minority. Uh, and and I, I've experienced that extreme and, you know, got beat up by a group of kids because I was white. Uh, lived in the other extreme, Overbrook, Kansas, where, I mean, the only black people you see there is on TV. And, or if you drove to Topeka or Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've lived in the in-betweens. I went to a high school where it, not only were there not black people, and I spent one year in uh, Santa Fe Trail High School in Kansas. At that time, just there was just white people, to my recollection, like no other race. Uh, and then back to the inner city where you know there was cultural diversity and racial uh, diversity. So I've experienced various levels of that. As you know, my oldest son married a Hispanic girl. Her mm-hmm. family was racist against white people. That was a problem in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've experienced all different levels of the what the United States is as far as, as culture in that way. Yet, I've never lived in Mississippi, so you have different life experiences than I do. I've never lived in the quote-unquote deep south, deep south. But wherever I've lived, the fact is... Man is the offspring of God. Right. No matter the color of your skin. In Acts 17, 24 through 30, Paul is in Athens on Mars Hill. And he said, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing he's the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in the temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though we needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations, of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth hath determined the times before appointed in the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord. If happily they might fill after and find him, though we be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not think that the Godhead is like in the gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. The times of his ignorance God waked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. This is a Jew talking to a Grecian audience, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not saying, you know what, we're the superior race, because that's really what racism is about. Racism is about we're the superior race. Superior race. Mm-hmm. And Paul had an objective. Because the objective is of God is that all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4. Uh, when we look at the world, 
racism right now is extreme. But where you grew up, where I grew up is kind of irrelevant because of where we now live, it's completely different. Um, You don't see much racism in El Paso. It's here. But you don't see it like you did in Mississippi or I did in different places that I've lived in different frameworks. So uh, when you look at people that might, you know, the media is somewhat controlled by New York City and L.A., right? So their perspectives come from really limited. Like, I wish I wish a lot of people could come through El Paso and live here for a minute mm-hmm. and experience, you know, a culture where white and black people are the minority, but you don't feel out of place. Right. You don't feel out of place. Nope. At least not yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is the world. And, you know, the world goes left in a minute. So they're already left. So. And I and and I give you I give you another example of something that I experienced more recently, and uh, the last congregation that I was a member of right before I moved to El Paso. Uh, that congregation and another congregation in the same town, congregation I was a member of, most of the members were primarily white, and the second congregation was an all black congregation, mm-hmm. so they decided to take to to combine those two congregations they they decided they ought not be two so bring the two together and become one congregation and so and i'm not saying these congregations are right in anything because they're, they're both in there and that one congregation is in there now but i had a conversation with another preacher about the the goings about that and he had some terrible things to say. He's like, "Nah, well, I, I, I just don't agree with that. They, they, they ought to remain separate." And he, his exact words was, "Those white people over there aren't aren't gonna let those black guys lead in anything." And I was just stumped, like just taken aback by that statement. And you call yourself a preacher, and you're worried about what white people are gonna let black people do in the same congregation, like where's that mentality? Like, where did they come from? So your experiences are much different than mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the congregations of anybody professing to be Christians I've ever been a part of, racism was never an issue. Mm-hmm. If, if you came and you were of a different race, Korean, black, white, Hispanic, whatever, it, it was, you're treated, you know, right. well, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I've I've not had this is why when you and I were talking this is why I wanted to bring you into this podcast right you have experiences that I don't I've experienced racism in the world mm-hmm. but not in quote unquote religion religion right yeah. mm-hmm. and that's vice versa me I haven't I haven't directly experienced direct racism from the world not 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 that I'm aware of you know I just haven't experienced that directly but. The mindset and actions I've seen within so-called people of the body of Christ, it's just been ridiculous. And I and I'll take you, man, because I mean we're all supposed to be, we all are those who are Christians, descendants spiritually of Abraham. Let's take a look at Galatians chapter three, verse twenty-six through twenty-nine, and read that. And uh, so for it says, "For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus." For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, 
then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And, and that's it. <laughs> that's clear. That's clear. Heirs, heirs according to the promise. Regardless of your background. Regardless of your background, race, where you come from. Colossians 3, 9 through 11, similar to that. It says, lie not one to another, saying you put off the old man with his deeds, put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Mm -hmm. So I need to make a little correction here. I haven't experienced racism in the way you're describing it, mm -hmm. but I have seen it in El Paso mm -hmm. and in churches. Mm -hmm. Uh, here in El Paso, we have the Iglesia, Iglesia de Cristos. Mm -hmm. uh, personal experiences there. Uh, we've had visitors who are part of those congregations. I ask them, why, why aren't you here? Why aren't you among us? If you agree with being taught here and everything else, why, why aren't you among us? No, I'm part of the Spanish-speaking church. Do you all speak English? Well, yes, but... We're a Spanish-speaking congregation. Now, when I say I haven't experienced racism the way that you have, is they'll talk to me. I get phone calls. I get questions. Hey, help me with this verse, so forth and so on. So they don't treat me like I'm an inferior mm -hmm. person. What I think from some of those personal conversations, and I'm not, you know, I'm just being frank. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they feel inferior, like they're not welcome among other congregations the thing about it is among us what's the racial breakdown of of the congregation you and i are both members of i mean there is none i mean there's so many different races here among us it's it's not even an issue it's not even an issue right yeah if you come in doesn't matter the color of your skin or anything of that nature i mean <laughs> We have interracial marriages, mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's not, it never has been an issue. Mm -hmm. um, th there are times where all the guys up front are black, all the guys up front are white or whoever or whatever uh, it is. Uh, but, but there is, because of the culture here, there is that problem. And, and I don't get it, man. Me either. I, I don't get it. You know, you read Galatians 3, 26 through 29. I read Colossians 3, 9 through 11. I understand why there's racism in the world because the world is carnal. Mm -hmm. But right. among Christians, there's not supposed to be carnality. There's not supposed to be. And I had, I had a conversation with a guy at, at work uh, the last couple of nights. And uh, it wasn't some type of spiritual discussion, but it was just on the topic of language. And I noticed that uh, people here in El Paso from the different jobs that I've had that are English speaking and can speak English well, they revert back to their native language. And I said, I get it. I said, because now on my job, having to speak a little bit of Spanish, my native language is English. And if I could speak the Spanish language fluently, I mean, just by nature, I would revert back to my native language. So I get it. But in the church, that ought not to be. That ought not to be an issue that keeps you separated within the body of Christ. Shouldn't be. There's a principle in the Bible. It's in both the, under the law of Moses and the law of Christ. And that's the principle of love thy neighbor. Mm -hmm. 
In Leviticus 19.18, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Romans 13.9 and 10, This, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. It's called the royal law in James 2.8. If you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, thou do well. It's called the royal law. Mm-hmm. It, 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 can, it could solve so many problems in society. Mm-hmm. But what you experienced in Mississippi, so when we think about it, um, where I was at in Ohio, didn't see it, didn't see it in Pennsylvania, uh, among religious groups, uh, so forth and so on. Uh, do you think do you think it's unique to certain areas of the country? I mean, I think so. I mean, it could be. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, we're just talking. It's just a podcast where we're just talking, right? I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it it, it could be unique to certain areas of the country, but I mean, it's 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 like people I've had discussions with here. Uh, well, one person in particular, uh, a person of the world, told me that like he chose to stay here because a lot of things, especially where he come, he come from, uh, it just doesn't happen here. So he chose to stay here rather than move back after retiring from the military to the town where he grew up. And so, I mean, I, I, I could see that. Yeah, when I was when I was in, you know, talking about nineteen eighties. Um, I had some friends that were black. Uh, one of my best friends, Charles, he and I, we lived on the Ohio River. And we would ride our bikes across the Ohio River into a, a certain city in West Virginia. And I don't know if it's like this there now. So I'm, I'm just going to leave it just as an experience I had, you know, in the 80s. I, I don't know that it's it would be the case uh, here uh, there now, I would hope not. I would hope that there's been some societal evolution uh, of that. But uh, we were on our bikes and we're just cruising, and we would go and play basketball uh, at one of the basketball courts, primarily because there were a lot of girls at that basketball court. Where our basketball court was, there was no girls. Man, it was in the projects. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. The girls didn't come there to watch basketball, so we go over there and we play basketball during the day. And there was this Italian restaurant. And uh, we, we pulled together some money that we got from playing basketball. We were in the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, we go over there with no money and walk away with money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we went and we, uh, we go to this Italian restaurant. And they said to me, you can come in, but he can't. And, dude, we got a police escort out of that small town in West Virginia. And we were right across the river from home. Mm-hmm. I mean... Something we didn't experience on this side of the river was huge. And, you know, he, he, he was devastated. Uh, I was irritated and angry. Uh, but it was uh, Italian people, literally, and mm-hmm. black people there. They just didn't get along. And him, him and I talked about it because it was both our first experience of that. Uh, we, di- we didn't see it that like you can't come in here. Uh, 
like that, of course, we knew history. You know, we knew that that had been there had been the whites only water fountains, the whites only entrances right. and restaurants mm -hmm. and all these other things. I mean, this was on the Ohio West Virginia border in the 1980s. This stuff's supposed to be gone, mm -hmm. uh, and and I haven't experienced that in other places of the country, like I have had there, and I haven't seen any of that here. I know that that you know again there is racism. I you know uh, we experienced it, f you know again from our from in laws, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, to that level of you can't come in this restaurant. And the police are going to make sure you leave town. Mm -hmm. It's just insane. Like you just you just uh, recently mentioned love and how it's the royal, the royal law. Uh, let's look at First Peter four verse eight and, and and see what love here has to say. And it says, above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude, or shall cover the multitude of sin. So if you just have love, if you love your brethren and, and treat them as you would have, be, treat others as you would have them treat you, and you would cover a multitude of sins. Like they would just knock a whole lot of things out of the way just by love. And, and that how you cover the multitude of sins is explained in James 5, 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. If any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save the soul from death and shall hide, hide a, a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. That's the same principle there. Mm -hmm. If I love my brethren, then it doesn't matter what color of skin you have, what culture you have, what foods you might prefer, mm -hmm. any, of, any of that. I'm, I'm going to bear with you. And I'm going to work with you. If you err, I'm going to help you. Right. It's not going to be, oh, that's what you expect out of my white brethren or mm. that, you know, just that language in itself, that mm -hmm. those, like white brethren, black brethren, Hispanic brethren. It's no, that's not scripturally right. Mm -hmm. It's one body. Right. And how do you even know what help they might need if you're, if you're ostracizing them anyway, you know, let's talk about that. You just brought up something that I remember someone else talking about. Uh, and, and again, it was something that I couldn't relate to uh, because approaching the scriptures the right way is that they're uniform. Mm -hmm. That no matter your skin color, no matter your culture, no matter your background, the gospel is to be preached to all the world, to every creature, Mark 16, 15, and 16. But how about this statement that I heard someone else? I, I haven't experienced this, but this other individual had where they said, don't go to that congregation. And it was a racial divide because they'll not understand issues that you have as a black person. Hmm. hmm. Well, I mean, love goes both ways. So if you don't understand something, some of the issues that I'm having, well, how about I explain it to you? How about that? How about I share my experiences with you? How about we spend time with one another? <clears throat> Show hospitality one to another. Isn't that, isn't that a biblical command? Show hosp hospitality one to another, if you're able. Yeah, it's only a biblical command if you actually read the Bible, though, Romans 12, 13, and 1 Peter 4, <laughs> 4 8, 9. Yeah. So... And learn about one another, learn about your brother, and share those experiences. So if I don't understand something about you and you me, so that we can, you know. And the Bible's going to apply, right? 
Like if my brethren are experiencing something that I don't personally understand, mm-hmm. they can tell me that, mm-hmm. explain what they've gone through, and then we can use the scriptures. You know, let's, let's just say, for example, uh, you had mentioned that you hadn't experienced it in the world that much. Uh, let's say we, we had a brother move here. We'll just leave the race just general, mm-hmm. whatever the race is, right? And he comes into the congregation here and he's uncomfortable that there's too many of this people or too many of that people. Whatever it is, just just broad, right? My first thing is I'd want to know why. Like, what have you experienced? What, 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 what has brought you to be uncomfortable around this many whatever colored uh, people? And maybe they have some life experience. Maybe, you know, you're in law enforcement. Uh, maybe they've had experience with law enforcement of a certain race that's mm-hmm. negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then they're, when they're around that, those people, they're not comfortable. So they're, quote unquote, looking for a congregation. Well, I'm going to sit down to, with them and I'm going to explain that you're not going to get this in the body of Christ. This isn't going to happen to you. Romans 12, 4 and 5. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. I'm going to explain to them. You can sit down and you can talk to us, your brethren, and we can talk about whatever your experience has been and how you're not going to have that in Christ. In Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are called in one body and be ye thankful. You're, you're now in a body of people that care about your soul. Oh, and by the way, then I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to explain that the outward man is going to change, that in the resurrection, we're not going to be racial in any way, shape, or form. We're going to be made to be like him, 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3. Our body's going to take on the form of our Lord. We're mm-hmm. going to be spirits. It's not going to be, I'm a white guy, and you're a black guy, and he's Hispanic, and she's Korean, or whatever the case may be. We're, we're, we're just that one body. So I'm going to start right away teaching, stop looking at my skin and think about my soul. My person, the person that lives on, the body without the spirit is dead. James two twenty six, right? Mm-hmm. Um, th- my outward shell, that's that's the flesh I was born into. My inward being has no color. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start educating that person from the scriptures that when you're among Christians, they're not seeing your racial or ethnic backgrounds in in, in any way. They're looking at you as brother or sister. Right. You know. <laughs> I'm, if, if someone were to ask me if if my preference is to be here, if if, if everything else we're uh, is, is between our congregation and your congregation aligns in unity with the scriptures, but I just prefer to be among this race of people as opposed to this race of people. Can I still be saved? I'm, I'm more than comfortable in saying no. You can't. You're not because we we've discussed here the situation of being on earth here as a proven ground and how we act here shows God who we'll be if he invites us into his home for eternity. What are you thinking is going to be like in heaven? Just like you mentioned, we're going to be made to be like Christ. And if we can't prove ourselves here to be in unity in all things and be one body, then we're not going to be invited into the eternity in heaven with Christ Jesus and our Heavenly Father. It's just not going to happen. I wish people could understand the elementary basis of that. Our Lord 
Philippians 3.16, Paul, Paul wrote, Nevertheless, whereto we have attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Man, it is not about where you come from or what life experiences you have. It's about what he says. And we ought to mind what he says. And we're to have love as brethren. Our Savior mm-hmm. is a Jew. Right. <laughs> it was a Jew in the flesh. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And how far removed are we from that? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean. I, I, I've seen <laughs> I've seen the paintings of the white guy with blonde hair. And we know he didn't have long hair anyway. First Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. Right. But I've seen I've seen the white hair. I've seen black Jesus pictures, too. Yep. And it's like you created your savior. Mm-hmm. He's not the savior. Right. How ignorant, man. I mean, it, and, and I don't care what form of the flesh he put on, but it was a promise from Genesis chapter 50 that he would come from the tribe of Judah. He came out of the tribe of Judah, Hebrews 7 and verse 14. And you, and you know what? And the scriptures, I, I can't recall it right now in my head, but the scriptures give gives us somewhat of a picture because it says that he wasn't, he was, he wasn't a, a, a good-looking man. Isaiah 53, As, the yeah. prophecy. So, no form of comeliness. No form of comeliness, right. <laughs> and so, you know, that tells us right there that he, he didn't want people caught up in how he looked, what he wore, all of that type of stuff like that. So, I mean... It's all we, carnal. It's all carnal, yes. <laughs> and we need, to, we need to just... It needs to be read. It needs... If, if, if you're going to be saved, you need to get rid of this mindset, period. <laughs> but the world keeps pushing it. Yep. The world keeps trying to cause a divide between the majority and the minority, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, look, if you're a Christian, you're always in the minority. Right. Regardless of the color of your skin, there are a few that be saved, mm-hmm. Matthew 7, 13, and 14. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would you not want to be of people among people of like precious faith, regardless of what their culture or skin color might be? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that should be it, man. And that 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 what we've what we've given already, like that should that should be enough, but it's like you said, the world is the world is the world. They're gonna keep pushing it, and then people within so-called Christianity is just gonna keep eating it up, comfortable with what they're comfortable with, want what they want, rather than living the life that God has called us to live. So, I remember I remember a statement one time that I heard. There was a man coming to visit and preach in a congregation. I can't remember the guy's name, but I can remember him. And 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 uh, someone had said, um, "Man, uh, he comes from a black congregation, and they preach with soul." <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I've heard that before. I've even been guilty of that. You know, within the body, within the within the so-called church and uh, congregation that I've been a member of, I've been guilty of that. Like, oh man, I I I love that guy singing. He he sing with so much soul. I love that soulful voice. And then 
they mimic they mimic guys that they've got from the world, like the Sam Cooks and the Jimi Hendrix and all of those guys like that. That's where they get it from. They they mimic those guys, and I've been a part of that mindset and guilty of it myself. So yeah. Question. Mm-hmm. When when I sat and I listened to the man that spoke that that said this, he he preached at that time what I thought was the truth, but I felt like it was a performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts as a black guy coming from a different culture? I can see that, and looking back, I've had the same feelings because, I mean, even even if what they're preaching is the truth they get in in such an uproar within their sermon and within their preaching and, and, and or teaching that it does feel like a performance because they get the feedback from the crowd. And if they're not getting the feedback from the crowd, they'll stop in the middle of the sermon. That was your amen right there. You missed it. If anybody here, if you if, if, if you know what I'm saying, can I get an amen? <laughs> if, if everything before that was the truth, they get hyped off of oh, it's that crowd. And if the crowd is not moving, then I guess they're not preaching. And so, I mean, it, it feels like a performance. Yeah. So we were in a phone conversation back in August mm-hmm. and there was a preacher, black guy that joined that phone conversation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say a word about this, but he's talking. And he was just just talking, mm-hmm. right? And then when he got into his false doctrine, it's like everything changed. Right. It was, it was like, I'm like, who's talking now? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I can tell. And and you know, I mean, and that that person thought that oh you oh you you know who's talking by now. You know who's talking by now. I mean, how do you know? <laughs> His whole and, voice, like, like everything changed. There was, was like, so much noise in the background, yeah. You know, and but 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 he had he had like, and I've been told this. I've been told that I have a preacher voice mm-hmm. uh, when I'm talking about certain things. I mean, I can get worked up too, mm-hmm. right? That's right. not a racial thing, right? Right, but but there is cultural divides, in 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 these groups that that. You know, it's like well, you don't preach like he preaches, mm-hmm. or you don't do this like this. At what point is that not cultural to where it actually becomes a problem? Right. Like, I, I mean, I don't get it. And, you know, it, I've, I've, I've had experiences with, uh, with certain preachers. How were that when they're not in the pulpit, they talk a certain way. And even before they became preachers in general, they talked a certain way because of their culture and their background. And then when they become prominent, their whole vernacular changes. You know, they talk one way, and then when they're in the pulpit, it's, it's, it's like... Showtime. It's showtime. <laughs> they, they go from saying Christ to Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it, man. We're just keeping it real here on this podcast. Right. And we're both sitting here. Just, I don't get it. You know, Paul didn't put on a show. You know, his his preaching was not about presentation in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. 
For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mm -hmm. So what about, what about, regardless of the race, what about when somebody falls in love with a preacher because he has a skin color or a way of presentation? And what about when that man stands before the man? Mm-hmm. Well, that man has become your idol. Yes. Yep. Doesn't matter the skin color, folks. Doesn't matter the skin color. You got to give some liberty that uh, people might have different culture, might ha- might preach a certain way, might have a quote unquote preacher's voice. Katrina picks on me sometimes. She's like, there you go with that preacher's voice. When, when I'm getting carried away a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> just get fired up and start going or whatever the case might be. So I get that. But it becomes a divide. Right. It becomes, I just prefer this type of preaching. There should be one type of preaching. The, the gospel. The gospel, right. Exactly. And that, that and that's all that there should be. Hmm. That would solve so many problems. If people would just set aside the carnal and, and realize that, hey, you know, there's something in the Bible called brotherly love. Mm-hmm. Right, many different scriptures. Hebrews thirteen one, let brotherly love continue, or First John three ten through eleven. And this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So you're not of God if you don't love your brother. For this is the message you've heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Now, what makes us brethren? What makes us brethren that we come from the same cultural or racial background? Know that we've all been called into the body of Christ and that we've all been, been uh, those who have been baptized into the body have been baptized into the one body. And that reminds me of the Gentiles and the Jews uh, and how Gentiles uh, have been brought into one body by Jesus. Uh, Ephesians 2, 11 through 16, it says, Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called, uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope without God in the world but now in Christ Jesus you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down that middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. That's <laughs> simple. And you know what? You know what? As you're as you're talking about Jews and Gentiles, so if you're listening to this podcast, if you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever other culture, you're a Gentile, right? <laughs> you're a Gentile. You're a Gentile. <laughs> <laughs> We've been brought into the body of Christ mm-hmm. with our Jewish brothers and sisters. Been made one with Abraham and his descendants. Right. Get over it. Right. Get over it, mm-hmm. right? Brotherly love. Who is my brethren? The people in the body of Christ. Right. Who did Jesus say is his brethren? Those, mm, those that obey him. Right. Mark, right. Mark 3, 31 through 35. 
Then came his brethren and his mother, talking about in the flesh, standing without, sent unto him, calling him, and the multitude about him. And they said to him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren would seek for thee. And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brethren? And he looked round about on them which sat about him and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever should do the will of, uh, of God, the same is my brother and my sister and mother. Boy, there's Jesus right there. You want to say you're a follower of Jesus Christ? There is, who is my brother? Mm -hmm. Are you doing the will of the Father? Are you doing his will? Yep. That's how I know who are my brethren. Mm -hmm. Not the outward appearance. Right. Right. So just nope. the question of, is he a white preacher? Is he a black preacher? Is that a white congregation, black congregation? Is that a Spanish-speaking congregation? Is that whatever? Those shouldn't even be in our vocabulary. Right. Exactly. When we look at God, when Peter preached to the first Gentiles, Cornelius and his household, in Acts 10, 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. When Paul wrote the Romans, they had a problem. Jew and Gentile, division. Romans 2, 11, There is no respect of persons with God. And James 2, The wealthy were being exalted above the poor. And James 2, 9, If you have respect to persons, you commit sin or are convinced of the law as transgressors. God is not a respecter of persons, and he expects his people not to be a respecter of persons. So that and that's not and that brings up not only the racial boundary, but economical boundaries. If a congregation is wealthy or poor, or there's wealthy or poor members, should make no difference. Should make no difference. Are they doing the will of the Father? That Have they been be. converted to Christ? Right. That's the that's the outlier right there. That's it. That's yep. the criteria, yep. right? Yep. What 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 food they might like, what way they might talk, what, what cultural differences there may be. Shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. nope. But the world wants that divide to continue. The world wants there to be groups of people that assemble together, call themselves a church, and then make it racial. Yep, indeed. <laughs> And I'm just so glad that I don't, aside from just having to talk about it on this podcast and possibly help somebody else out of it, I'm I'm just so glad that I'm not that we don't have that issue here. We don't have that issue here. We don't have to talk about it in 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 terms of correction and making corrections. We can just focus on the meat of the word and growing in that aspect. You know, it's wonderful. What about those people that haven't experienced that, though? You know, there, there are people out there, and I know because I've had these conversations, they just don't think it's possible mm -hmm. that a congregation can be multiracial and not have racial lines. They don't think it's possible. Right. And I don't understand why. I mean, what, like what, like what, what, what experiences are they having? in the congregations that they're a part of. Like, what are they, what, I, I would like to know that. Like, what are they experiencing? Or if you're out there, what are you experiencing? You know? Well, think about the preacher that told you that the black folks wouldn't be invited to lead. Mm, yeah. That says something about his experiences. Right, yeah. That's true. That's true. That definitely says something about his experiences. 
Amen. Hmm. How about this? You cannot allow your experiences in the world to be a caboose that you attach to yourself and bring it into the body. Because right. mm -hmm. I mean, that alone is going to hurt you in the end. Like carrying that baggage, even if you're doing everything else right, that is going to hurt you. Yeah, imagine this. Make it real personal here for a moment. Uh, when my eldest married his wife, uh, their family, the family lived literally a half mile from us. And her family made it clear they weren't going to support the marriage. And we were having a, a little party for them after uh, services one Sunday. Nothing to do with the wed quote-unquote wedding. Um, we didn't have any religious service or any stuff that's traditional and traditionally wrong. Um, but told her, hey, you know, let's try to get your family. A lot of brethren, matter of fact, the majority of the people there were brethren, um, were going to be there and let them see people of multi-races acting as a family. Because here's my son, white guy, their daughter, Hispanic girl, and they're being embraced by people of multiple races so that if you were an outsider, you would think that we're all physical family. Right. Right? You know, because there's, there's a closeness. Like, it's truly the family of God like we're supposed to be. And I wanted her family to experience that. She said they're not going to come. So I went down there to their house and and wanted to talk to her father. And I can't remember the whole conversation, but it got to the point where I said, why are you being a racist? I'm gonna tell you what, people aren't comfortable with face-to-face -face conversation about this. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, whatever your experience is in life, your daughter is now my family. And I'm gonna love her, you know, I love her to this day. I think about her to this day. Mm -hmm. And she's fallen away from Christ. She's left my son. Her family's part of that. I would still, if she came back and wanted to repent, would do everything I could to help her to be saved, would embrace her and love her. She's still a daughter to me. Uh, it just hurts talking about it, you right. know? Mm -hmm. uh, and try to gather my emotions. But I could not believe this man, he, he, this is what he did. He said, I'm not a racist. I've had black friends. And I said, what? I said, you, you are opposed to this marriage because it's interracial. Yes, because you don't understand what that's going to be like for them going forward. I, yes, I do. They're going to be in heaven. That was my goal. Mm -hmm. Right? Nothing else matters. I don't care how society looks at my kid. You know, you know, my youngest, Trey, you know, he's interested in girls of right. different race. Yep. Primarily, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, dude, cool. I don't care one, one bit, you right. know, the most important thing would be, I hope they're part of the body. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was, I, I tried to reason with him and man, he was just, his whole, his whole thing back to me just kept being, I had a black friend. And I said, dude, that's like what the world says. You had your token black friend. I was thinking of another word mm -hmm. and, and. 
no, that's not the way it is. And I said, I said, if you want to show that you're not a racist, then come to this uh, party for them and embrace your son. Right. He's our son now. Whether you like it or not, he's now part of your family. And then the true racism come out. Never. <laughs> Never. Mm. Mm. Dude, that was hard to hear, you mm. know? And I'm thinking, what if they have children? Your grandchildren, you're going to refuse them if they're more white than not? Like, right. how's this going to be? Like, I don't care what my grandchildren would look like. Mm-hmm. I would care that they came out of a godly marriage. Right. And that they have hope of eternal life. Right. And, and you know, that's what I think about. You know, I, I look at some of the families that we have here, the white families that we have here, and how our children play when we go to, they come to our home and we go to their home, we all go to the park. And the children are just playing together. And they're, they're just humble. They don't know anything else. And I'm just thinking in my head how, how I'm just hoping for the day that our children, you know, put on Christ and, and, and truly want to follow after Christ. And those relationships can foster and become marriages someday. I, I mean, I think about that, man, and it's, it's, just, a, it's just beautiful. Look at the children <laughs> sitting, you know, here, here you got your, your, your black child sitting on Becca's lap. Right. Hispanic woman. Right. With an Asian husband. Right. Right. And and it and it's like they they look at her as grandma. They look at her as grandma. They they sure do. And and your daughter Willow just comes and holds on to my leg. Uh-huh. You know? Yep. Brian, you know. <laughs> right? right. And Charlie, you know, and Arrow, it's like you know, I've got a picture of, of my mm-hmm. wife holding your kids. Right. And it's like, they so feel like grandkids. They, they, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, something happened to you and Sam, they'd be invited into our White House. Right. You know, uh-huh. uh, we would raise them as our own. Right. I don't care how society would look at that. Right. And, and, and you know, the, the thing that I care about is, is if something did happen to us, how they, if they were, not only them being welcome in this home, but I know that they're going to get the, that, that, that scriptural upbringing if something was to happen to us. That's the most important thing that, that, that I'm definitely worried about. And you know? it would be regardless it, whether it was our family that took in your kids or Any, the Hamiltons no, or the Lovitz. Right. Or, it's like, here, 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 we're all going to raise them the same way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. And those three white families. Right, exactly. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. If, if something was to happen to them. Yeah. Know? If something was to happen to Katrina and I, and for some reason Trey couldn't take care of Taylor, and y'all right. took her in. And we took it right. I'm not concerned. And why should you be? Yeah. It's exactly. like, and, and Taylor, I mean, here, 25 years old, mentally retarded, and, and so forth, so on. She don't look at anybody any different way. You know what that tells it should tell people? That something's wrong with them. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, because innocent minds, like you brought up with the children Mm -hmm. or my daughter who has an innocent mind, they don't see color. They don't, because in the the last podcast, you brought this up about the the humbleness of children and 
Well, it's, and, uh, we're recording ahead of time, so right. it's okay. been in the past. It's way in the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the last pod, the last podcast by the time this one come out won't be the same podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And uh, so, but you you just mentioned the humbleness of children and how Christ invited the children unto Him and said, the, "This is how we ought to become like little children mm-hmm. and humble yourselves." Because yeah. they don't they don't see what our eyes see they're just humble that's it Matthew 18 3 through 4 and you know what I don't think our eyes are different than theirs Mm -hmm. Uh, what I see among the brethren here is unity regardless of physical differences right I mean young and old different races you see people you know we had to get get have get togethers in my house last Mm -hmm. Friday nights I mean, people are sitting all around the place. Exactly. Different races, changing seats, sitting there talking because we're just brethren. Right. Different ages. Here you got somebody in their 30s talking to somebody in their 70s. Mm-hmm. Different race, different age group, different background, everything else. It, what, what we have in common is the Lord. Right. And what the Lord gets to see in that is that when we get to heaven, nobody's going to try to have their own corner. Right. Exactly. And, and, and like you could anyway. Right. You wouldn't be invited, right? Right. Right. Our Lord in Romans, the book of Romans, you know, deals with the Jews and the Gentiles and their divisions. He says in Romans 3.29, is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes. Yes. Of the Gentiles also. In Romans 10.12, there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all them that call upon him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's gospel. That's gospel. That's gospel. Well, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, you got to hear the word of God. And if you're in a congregation where you're experiencing racism, you need to get out because the problem isn't just racism. It is multifold. Mm-hmm. They're the respecter of persons. They don't understand brotherly love. They don't understand who brethren are. They don't understand who God is. They don't understand the creation that we all come from Adam, right? that we have the same father who is in heaven. And no matter what your background is, you ought to be part of a body of Christians who are united upon the doctrine of Christ. Exactly. And that's it. That's it. That's it. And if you're listening, please heed to those words because it's like it was mentioned before. If that one thing is going on, it's not just one thing. It's a multiplicity of things. And you need to run like your pants are on fire because one day they will be. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So that's what we got for you in this little discussion between Bill and I on racism. And certainly there might be things that uh, we could have talked about, maybe experiences that you have that we don't have. Listen, whatever your experience is, all those experiences don't matter in Christ. In Christ is one body. One body. And one head. And there is unity upon his doctrine. You come into Christ, you gotta leave the world behind. Amen. Mm-hmm. Not be conformed to the world. Romans twelve, one and two. Stop mm-hmm. listening to the world. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught up in the politics. Don't get caught up in the stuff that'll cause those divisions between you and your fellow man and your brethren. Regardless of whether, like I brought up earlier, both laws, old law and new law, love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, that old question, 
Luke 10, 25 through 39. And who is my neighbor? Anybody. Right. You shouldn't see them. Go 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 study that parable of the Good Samaritan mm-hmm. and get off that high horse. There is no superior race because there's only one race. Mm-hmm. There's only mm-hmm. one race. The human race. That's it. That's it. That's all there is to it. And when our Lord comes, the flesh is going to be no more. When you die, your flesh is going to be no more. Mm-hmm. That outward person just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's the inward it's the exactly. N-word that goes on. Exactly. So that's what we got for you. Thank you so much for listening. You know, if you got some questions and you want to contact me, 915-525-5794 or visit the website, www.wordsoftruth.net. We hope that if nothing else, you get to hear the truth in this podcast. You get to see that two brethren can just talk openly. Uh, we, you know, we've even, we can joke around. All this stuff doesn't matter to us. And right. it shouldn't matter to you. Anything you want to wrap up with? No, nah, that's it. Uh, it's just uh, enjoyed being here today talking about the podcast. And uh, it's like I said, uh, if uh, you have any questions, get in touch with Brian. Hit up the website. There's numbers out there. And it, it, I don't mind being contacted as well. I'm on Facebook, uh, Dollar Bill, D-O-L-L-A-B-I-L-L. Phone number is 915-262-6048. Reach out, please, if you want to know more about the gospel and how to be saved and if you're already in the body and need to be get out of error please do so contact us thanks for listening folks that's all we got for this podcast